Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting-edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, that's good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is James P. Friel. I am super excited uh, for our show today. And I know I say that every time, uh, or most times, but, and it's not because I'm here with Dean, because that's not why I'm excited. Liar. I'm actually, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually excited. Uh, we have a really cool guest with us today, Molly Montgomery, who actually has a background as an accountant, but she, she actually helps entrepreneurs find joy in their life. So I'm definitely going to want to dive into that. Because accountants don't necessarily strike me as the type of people who are there uh, helping people find happiness. Um, but in the meantime, before we before we give Molly the floor, Dean Holland, you've already said you've already gotten one small jab in. Uh, <laughs> how are you today? I am awesome because every day that I spend with you, James, is a great day. That's uh, that's the art of British sarcasm. I could all, uh, I almost said that without laughing as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, Molly, are you ready for this? I think so. <laughs> She's like, I don't know. <laughs> I am very ready. <laughs> awesome. Well, it's uh, well, it's great to have you, Molly. You know, getting ready for the show and just sort of getting to know you a little bit and finding out that, uh, you know, you got a background in accounting and being a CPA and tax audit and all this other stuff. At first I was like, man, is this like, is this going to be boring? <laughs> but I don't think so. But how on earth are you like a personable accountant? No offense to all the other bean counters out there, but how, how did you, how did you pull this off? Believe it or not, that's not the first time I've heard that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> you know what? I think so. It's one of those stories where I, I went to school and just got a degree in something that I was good at but didn't really know what I was wanted to be doing with my life. And so I figured I can do accounting. So I guess that's what I should do. And I just kept following this path of what a lot of externally, what people were saying, Oh, you should do that. And I don't know. So I, I got a degree in accounting and just got involved in the business world. And it was a love and hate relationship the whole time because it was fascinating work. I mean, I was doing, I was auditing casinos in Vegas and flying to, Azerbaijan and doing all this international travel and auditing, doing field audits for these huge nonprofits and just seeing what's going on in the world. And I mean, so there was like this fascination that I had with what I was doing, but it was, I mean, yeah, it was accounting is not the most exciting thing, but you know, I wasn't doing, I wasn't crunching numbers. I was doing a lot of forensic investigations and litigation work. So it was, I don't know, it was, there was a lot of, I I got a lot out of it. But I mean, through that, along that, that journey, one thing that I really connected to, I mean, I am who I am. I'm very compassionate and I'm very, was just always interested in the people who were growing these businesses and the people who were creating the businesses and what was driving the things that they were doing. And I mean, even I was the one when doing the fraud investigations, I was the one that was just feeling so much compassion for everybody involved, even the person that was committing the fraud. I was really interested in what would cause somebody 
to put their life on the line in that way and steal like that. I mean, I was just so interested in, in the personal side of everything. And so, I don't know, I, I eventually got to a place where the public accounting corporate world was had sucked away too much of my soul. <laughs> and I wanted to, the entrepreneur in me wanted to go off and create something that I was passionate about, where I really felt like I was making an impact in the world. <laughs> and yeah. so I, I started to connect just more and more to the, the personal journey of what founders and entrepreneurs were going through in their path of, of growing a business. And one of the things I realized as an advisor, when I was helping people make all these really important decisions in their business, when you're the one that's creating your company and you're, it gets to a point of making these important decisions for your company, there's a point where you have to be the, where you're the only one that knows what the right decision is in the path that you're taking your company down. So you can go and talk to all your advisors and get all that external advice and get all the information and gather, do all the research, gather all, all that you need to make the decision. But it really comes down to if you're the one that had the vision in the first place, you're the one that's creating the company. You're the only one that's going to be able to decipher between what path to go down. What is the right path? Cause there is no, there is no right answer other than what you choose because you're the one that's creating it. So that's what I started to connect to. Before, before we go too far into that, I have to say, like, I'm definitely going to need to hear a story or two on some tax audit investigations <laughs> on casinos in Vegas before we do that. So I think it's interesting because, you know, you said that you went into accounting because it was like, you know, something you were good at and that was, that was your path. I don't know if you know this about Dean. He actually went into finger painting in college uh, for very much the same reason. And ultimately, uh, he didn't find it as satisfying as he did internet marketing. So that's how he found himself where he is today. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder, where do these come from? Have you got a little book of Dean attacks that just sits next to your laptop and you're like, oh, I'll pull that one out today? No, it's actually a superpower. Uh, I can just conjure them up on the fly. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I, and we, and like, obviously, you know, he still finger paints in his spare time, but, <laughs> but, but the premise is, I can't even come back from this. I'm just, <laughs> what's going on um, all right. So, uh, yeah, I want to hear, like, can you, do you have some crazy story about, you know, this like fraud investigation or something like that, that just like comes to top of mind? I'm curious to hear something like that. I have so many stories. I mean, oh gosh. There was Vegas was just crazy. <laughs> Every day was a crazy story. I mean, the casinos are fascinating, but it's also seeing what's going on on the back, like back on the back end of how that whole town is run is just it's just mind blowing. Um, like, it, what would we what would we not know? You know, I, I was just in Vegas like a week and a half ago uh, for for an event. What what would we not know just like as your average ongoer who's there on the strip, you know, going in and out of the hotels and casinos and everything that's actually happening behind the scenes besides the fact that everybody's getting ripped off? Like, I think everybody well, knows that. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think one thing, I mean, it's funny because a lot of it is actually really depressing. <laughs> but one thing that really fascinated me was going and looking at, you know, when you're gambling and you're sitting at a, at a, a blackjack table or sitting in the pit at any of the tables, you can take out a marker. You can take out a loan while you're sitting at the table to get to continue gambling. They don't want you getting up from the table. <laughs> they want you to keep spending money. 
So you can get a, a loan while you're sitting there. And so during the audit, we're looking at all this stuff. And if there's certain people, there's certain um, amounts when it reaches a certain dollar amount, if it's a larger amount, then typically for the audit, for any audit, you the auditors would need to send a letter to the person that owes the money to confirm the amount that's owed. That's a standard practice. But in Vegas, they don't, they don't, um, they don't let you do that. They won't, they don't want you to do that because the people who are taking out the loans, typically they don't want the letter to show up at their house because their family (laughs) probably doesn't know that they've been there gambling and taking out hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars in, in debt for Vegas. So it was just, it's, I don't know, that kind of stuff was a little bit depressing to see how, how people are living their lives around that. So how do they, how do they verify it? We had, we had different ways of, of just checking, following the cash and tracing the cash. And there were, we'd have to just to do extra work on it, basically. Huh. Wow. And we, we would do, we would go up to the, the casinos, have to get the money in the casino is counted certain times during the week. And if you ever go, if you're sitting at the table at four o'clock in the morning, still gambling, you've probably seen the, the, ta- the guys going around and pulling out all the the money out of the slots and the marker, like just taking everything out to take it back to the vault and count it. Sure. You've got a few of those stories, haven't you, James? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like Molly said, like I'm not at liberty to disclose the details. <laughs> <laughs> so I, we would have to go and sit up in the security surveillance room to watch the process, to make sure to basically audit the process. And it's just fascinating. You can see when you're in the, in the surveillance room, it's like, it really is like, you know, think movies like Ocean's Eleven when you're back, you, there's a hundred TV screens all on the wall and you're sitting there just looking at every, every single corner of the casino. You can see it right there in front of you. And the guys who sit in the surveillance room, they really do see everything that's going on. And you can, they have a, a controller where you can pick a certain camera in the casino and take attach that to connect that to the controller that you have and zoom in all the way down to be able to see the cards that somebody is holding in their hands. And so the surveillance guys are literally watching every single thing that's going on. And so there's <laughs> been a couple of times, there was one time where sitting in the surveillance room, there was a, we were watching this interaction going on at the bar where there was a prostitute and a guy sitting there talking and you could, you could kind of tell by their body language what was going on. And the two of them walk up to the, the, at some point you see them finish their drink and they walk up to their room. And then, I don't know, 20 minutes later, you see her leave the room and run down the hall and get in the hallway. And at some point he calls down to the front and he, he, uh, she stole his wallet (laughs) and he, (laughs) he, uh, he tried to make it up that it was just a friend or whatever, but I don't know. He got, he got busted for (laughs) just thinking, I really want to stop this story right now before we cover but this was actually James. <laughs> right, then James comes running out of the room. Yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a sad state of affairs. I'm I'm sorry about that. So um, <laughs> the question and, is: and Were I you the s- robber or the robbie? <laughs> <laughs> I I just want to say I think that's a weak comeback for the finger painting comment. <laughs> I know you're doing your best, but let's be real. Like mine was a plus, and you're around the same. I know yours was yours was just totally just created there. And then I literally do have a pad of notes that I just write down anytime I get these ideas. (laughs) (laughs) People can tell Dean, they can tell that it's not happening in a natural way. All right. So, so Molly, I guess like part of that, it sounds like part of that transition though, was you just got 
you just got tired of seeing like uh, what I guess I would term like almost the depressing side of life. Oh, yes. And, That's you right? the nail on the head. Because even with the fraud stuff, I mean, going in and seeing the fraud, I mean, I did a lot of stuff with mergers and acquisitions and due diligence and all that transactional stuff. When somebody builds, puts their life into building something and being the one that's sitting across the table to tell them this is what has gone horribly wrong with your dream. And here's all the mistakes that were made along the way. And so sorry that you're in this litigation now and and your life is just being completely destroyed. I, yeah, that's exactly, it was, it got really, really just, I, I got sick of being that person, especially the fraud. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just, fraud is so, so common and it's sad to see it. And so that's, that's really where I, where I found my passion of, I really wanted to go and be able to help people get involved earlier on in their company's growth process to help navigate through the early stages to prevent those things from happening, (laughs) from really helping people. Let me help you be successful rather than let me help you fix the mess after it's already fallen apart. Dean, do you think that would have been helpful to be talking with Molly before you got busted for the uh, Van Gogh fraud uh, finger painting that you did? <laughs> Definitely. And I was so close to getting away with it as well. I know. I know. Nobody was the similarity was, like, was just uncanny. It was freakishly good. <laughs> just you're like, hey, this is just a bunch of swirls. I can do this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so, so Molly, like now, you know, now you've transitioned and you're helping entrepreneurs find, uh, you know, fulfillment and set their businesses up the right way and sort of like tap into their creative flow. Like what? What is, you know, because I think that's, that's a difficult thing for some, for some people to figure out sometimes is, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs want, you know, the, the success that comes along with it, you know, they want the money or they want the freedom or they want, you know, the control of running their own thing or whatever. But in many cases, it seems like they sacrifice some of, and and Dean and I were actually just talking about this the other day. They, they sacrifice their, almost like their well being. Mm-hmm. in order to achieve that result. And I don't think they're mutually exclusive, but it seems like that's one of the places that you've really zeroed in on. Like how, how do you help people do that? Yes, that's, that's exactly what it is. I mean, and it's so companies, once a company starts to get some kind of momentum and traction and especially in the e-commerce internet marketing world, any, any business where you can <laughs> hack, <laughs> hack what's going on with Facebook and just Facebook ads and everything else. I mean, the, the, the entrepreneurs who have figured out the online space can really scale a company pretty quickly. Um, and, and when you're the one that's growing the business, if you're the one that's creating it, the momentum of the company itself can start to completely suck, just run you over. And so I've gone in, usually what we'll do is, is, helping business get through that growth. Maybe there's some sort of the growth has started to stop, has slowed down. Or like you just said, I mean, people would start to get so overwhelmed and stressed out that they're sacrificing their own well-being. It's going in and pull, you've got to step, just take a step to the left outside of the momentum and reassess. Okay. Here's, here's what I originally set out to create. Here's why. I mean, that whole question about what's your why? I mean, that can sound so just cliche and fluffy, but literally understanding and and connecting to why are you even doing it? Why are you doing it? Because 
if it truly comes down to it's only because of the money, that's a lesson for people to learn of. It's actually never just about the money. There's an whole, there's another reason there's something else behind the money that people connect to of why they're actually doing it. So really understanding that and then, and figuring out, okay, here's where we are. Here's just assessing where you are at that point in time. What do you have in front of you that you now need to figure out what to do with? And then diving back in with a, with a different plan, changing expectations, letting go of things that have gone wrong up until that point, because there's always, there's always a lot of things that have gone wrong and finding a new, a new way to approach it, taking care of yourself. Because if you can't, if you aren't taking care of yourself, you can't make the right decisions for your company. You get into this fear-based, panic, overwhelmed state where you're not making the right decisions. You're making panic decisions of how do I get out of this? <laughs> so that's it's it's truly a place of forget everything, just step outside of everything that's going on and let's just really talk about what do you really want and are you creating that? And if not, let's figure out what, what, how do you enjoy it? <laughs> T- totally. Dean, I don't know, like, you know, she sort of uh, frightened me at this point. Cause you and I were talking about this, like j- just the other day. And, you know, she's talking about surveillance and security cameras and audits <laughs> and all those things. Do you think there's a chance that Molly has actually been eavesdropping on us? <laughs> I think there's a high probability of that. Yeah. Yeah, that she comes across as, you know, the sweet, compassionate, oh, I just, you know, just want to help people through spying. <laughs> um, the forensic world, I did do a lot of of um, actual interviews where going in, you know, you get the investigation, you figure out, okay, what's going on? What are, what's the story here that, that, that people are saying is happening? Because we don't, you don't know when there's, someone's accused of fraud you have to figure out a first if it's actually happening and then be able to prove it without messing up the evidence. You have to get all of the information and get, do the interviews and get all the data, get all the, all the, the trail of everything without the person who's committing fraud, destroying it because then there's no proof. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of different sneaky ways to get in and, and get the information without being, caught without knowing that that's what's actually going on <laughs> well consider yourself busted at least as far as we're concerned we're on to you and we will be do- launching a counter surveillance program um, so uh so just like back to back to helping entrepreneurs sort of like get find this reset because like that's i think that's one of the ways that i see it do you have you know do you have like a process that you take people through is it you know like the way that I like to make everything happen, like I like step-by-step stuff, right? I like create systems and, you know, be like step one, you do this, step two, you do this. And I know that's not how everybody works or even necessarily how a lot of things work, but, you know, is it more organic or do you have, you know, kind of a framework that, that you help people walk through that people listening might be able to uh, just kind of drop into and put into place in their own business. Yeah, no, it truly is a framework and it, it works, it works really well, no matter what industry or what, where you are in your business. I mean, even people who own a company that's doing over a hundred million in revenue, or if you're just getting started and you're still trying to get everything going, I mean, it's, it holds true no matter where you are, but removing all of the noise and the distractions. And so getting to a place, setting aside a day <laughs> or more, I mean, sometimes setting aside a whole weekend 
where you completely disconnect, get, turn off all your electronics, tell people you're going away for a day, get out of the emails, just get, remove everything so that you truly are just by yourself in your own space. Get a, a pen and paper, do a brain dump, write down every single thing that is going through your mind, all of your to-dos, all of the ideas that you want to be doing, creating, you've got to launch this other part of your business or any, any possible thought that's going through your mind. Even if you got in a fight with your fight with somebody a couple days ago, your business partner, your significant other, and you're still trying to navigate through the emotions of that, write all of that down, get all of it out of your head. Cause that's the, that's, that's a big part of the anxiety and the overwhelm is that your mind is constantly trying to navigate through all the stuff that's going on. So get it all out on paper. And I don't, do do you guys meditate? Is that something that you? I do. Yeah. I've been a big fan of that for a number of years. Huge. Get, do a 20 minute meditation because that the meditation is what's really going to help even clear out your mind even more and get to a calm state. And then there's whatever it is that you need to be focusing on. Sometimes there's something that is truly just coming to the surface of that thing that you just need to deal with. And that might be that you just need to take a week off and you realize in that moment of silence of, I just need rest, or I just need to have a conversation with that person. Or you can get to that creative place of, I need to, now I need to figure out what's next for my business. And you can, you can, get everything else out of the way and just clear out the space to have the the mental space and the time, the undistracted time to focus on that one thing and then allow yourself the day or two to do that. I think that's really interesting because I feel like, uh, and Dean, I don't know your, your experience with this, but I feel like when there's, there's more going on, the tendency is to just keep plowing through. Yeah. Um, you're like, I just got to keep, I just got to keep going. I got to keep going. I got to keep going. But counterintuitively, like that's like, that's not the right thing. You got to like take a step back exactly like you're saying and regain some composure and just like, remember also that you're a human being Yeah. and you're not just, you know, some speak for yourself, ro- you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Dean is, Dean is actually part robot. Um, <laughs> Which I guess maybe this doesn't apply to you then, Dean. So Dean, you would just hit the off switch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I literally have to recharge. Right. Go plug yourself <laughs> in. Well, and there's also a matter of, I mean, a, a part of this too, that I always have people do. And this is something that I, this is a big part of what I guide people through is this whole idea of resetting expectations, And that's expectations of yourself, expectations of what you're doing, expectations of the people around you. I mean, because as you're building your company and all all this stuff starts to happen, (laughs) more people get involved. You can't continue to be the same person doing the same thing that you were a couple years ago or even a year ago when the rate of how quickly things are happening is outpacing how you're doing things. So, I mean, a perfect example is if you used to answer every email <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're, you're, you're now the person in the company that's getting hundreds of emails before noon, 
can you, can you, do you still have the expectation on, of yourself to try and respond to every single email? I mean, there's, you just have to start to look at things a little bit differently of, okay, this isn't just getting systems in place. It truly is re- changing the expectation around you, who you are and how you're showing up for your company and for your life. I mean, for your, I mean, it's family, friends, all of it. Well, I think it's also about, it's about, um, understanding that <clears throat> at least, you know, for, for me, this is something that I've had to learn how to keep a closer eye on is when, when my business is growing and I'm growing to recognize that I'm, I'm needing to allow that growth to happen. Yeah. Right. And I can't, I can't just show up as the guy doing the things that I was doing two years ago, because I'm not running the same company and I'm not the guy that I was two years ago. And if I try and show up that way, then it's sort of like, it just restricts that energy that's trying to come into the company. And I think that's where a lot of, a lot of burnout happens when people don't just allow, like, it sounds so weird that people wouldn't allow their success to come into their life. But I think sometimes they don't, they're like, this is like, this is how it is. And it's like, wait, things, things are changing. Like things are evolving. There is like a level of, you know, uh, you know, just organic growth that's happening. And if you like tighten down and restrict it and say, this is who I have to be, then it just doesn't seem to work as well. And it's really difficult to identify what those things are, what those own your own self limitations, how you're limiting yourself when you don't set aside the time to do this kind of, to create the space to figure out what that is. It's also a matter of realizing growing a company can be so freaking hard. I mean, it really truly is this torturous experience at times, <laughs> but you've got to have fun with it too. I mean, it truly, you, it's like you actually yeah. have a choice and you have a choice of whether or not you enjoy yourself. It's not always going to be. Well, that's fun, actually but... how this show was born. <laughs> yeah. Love that's it. how the show was born. We, we decided every other podcast out there sucked and we were amazing right? and we wanted to have fun. <laughs> So, or, or put in other terms, we just, we, we thought, you know, there needed to be a show that maybe just didn't take itself seriously. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. You that know? would be the politically correct way to put that. That would be the politically, well, Dean, you know, going back to your robotic nature, I think you'd said your piece in the, the way that you knew how. Exactly. And, exactly. Uh, yeah. Thank you for that. Affirmative. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to remember, I need a robot sound. sound. <laughs> yeah. But I tell you, just just on this topic, I do have to say, uh, sometimes I have to say something sensible. So um, I tell you something interesting on this kind of topic that we're talking about here is I've also had experiences um, over the last few years when we were growing as a company um, where I've actually been the one getting in the way of the business. And what I mean by that is, just for example, um, we had been intending to launch a new program in in our company, and this was a like a high level program, you know, five figure fee. But I kept saying to the team, "Well, no, we're not ready to do it yet. You know, we're not ready. The product isn't ready. The program isn't ready. We haven't got everything worked out. We haven't worked out the fine details yet. We can't do it." And um, everybody kept pushing me, like, "Well, come on, when can we sit down and do it? Then this is going to be a big deal for the business." I was like, well, we, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. And it kept going on and on and on like this. And then I was actually in um, the US and I was at a mastermind and I got this text message on my phone. I opened the phone and it was a guy on my team, Louis. He's like, oh, by the way, I just sold one of those progress products. 
I was like, what do you mean? It's not ready. He's like, yeah, well, now you're out of the way. We just decided to start selling it, and we sold one. Two days later, while I was still there, they sold another one. By the time I got home, they'd made over, I think it was somewhere between thirty and $40,000 with this program that didn't even exist that mm-hmm. I'd been putting off for a year, actually starting to offer. And that was a, that was a, a big wake-up call for me. I was like, I need to actually get out the way sometimes of my growing business. And I've put in, I've got this amazing team that are all amazing in their positions. And I've been holding, it was like this big wake up, like I've been holding all of this back. Yes. You know, I'm the one. And, and that for me was like a weird feeling because probably like most of us or many people, at least like I started this business as a, as a solo person. It was just me sitting on a computer in the corner of my, one of my rooms in, in my, in my, actually in my mom's house, you know, many years ago. And so now to have that feeling, I found it very strange. It's like, well, this thing can now actually operate without me. And not only can it do that, it can grow without me, which was Actually, a weird feeling at first. I won't lie. I kind of felt like, oh, this feels weird not to be needed. But then I realized, well, I am needed. It's just sometimes I've got to get out my own way is, I guess, what I'm saying. And I, you know, I suppose that that can happen. That's exactly what happens. And it's, 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 I see it over and over and over again of, and that's where the taking care of yourself is so important because when, when the weight of what you're creating starts to get that the momentum picks up, you get, you get the team, you get more people involved. If you don't have the own strength to keep leading things down the path that you're going down, you're naturally going to restrict. You're going to, things are going to pop up where you're going to think, oh, we can't do that because you personally are going to feel like it's too much or whatever. You know, I mean, right. I see that happen a lot where people, people start to feel the, the own, their own personal weight of, taking something else on when it's, no, it's not you. It's the company. You have a company now. Let, let them do it. (laughs) And so it's, yeah, there, it's a constant, it's a constant reflection that has to happen no matter how big the company gets. It's not something that you just, it's just early on. And then once you figure it out, it's just go time. It, it that kind of thing comes up every step of the way. Yeah. So, uh, so, so Molly, what's, um, like, what's keeping you busy right now and how, uh, you know, how are you, uh, you know, kind of taking this message and sharing oh, it with the world? Oh, absolutely. I'm busy. I'm, I'm busy. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm definitely an entrepreneur. I've got a couple different companies that I'm involved in, but so Founders Haven is the heart of what this framework, how I'm putting this framework out into the world. And that, um, that site's about to launch here by the end of the month. But put it, just taking this framework of how to pull yourself out of the momentum and do the process that I, that I walked you through really constantly, just training people how to make that a second nature to, part of the process of being a, a, a business owner, being a founder, being an entrepreneur. Um, and I'm going to start doing more actual kind of small group retreat type of thing so that you can get together with other extraordinary entrepreneurs and, and learn from each other of how they're handling some of this growth, growing pains and a lot of writing, that sort of thing. So foundershaven.com. And then I also, I still have my consulting practice. I work with a couple high growth businesses at a time. So any client that I work with, it's, it's from a consulting capacity. It's usually about a two year engagement. So I have a couple of those going on at a time and then also launching a health and beauty company, skincare company, e-commerce brand. So I'm came out to Austin, Texas. My business partners are out here and we are 
hitting the ground running. We've got a lot of momentum going on in that in that space. So, a couple different things going on. <laughs> awesome. Well, good, uh, good, good to uh, good to know all that. So, I guess if people want to connect with you or find out a little bit more about how to plug into what what sounds like on some level is a combination of good solid business mm-hmm. practices uh, layered in with like business therapy almost like i feel like we almost had a business therapy session with molly today dean i hope i get a finger painting in the mail <laughs> <laughs> you will um dean dean provides a uh, a custom finger paint mural uh for everybody so he'll be flying to your place of business and uh you know you'll have to provide the paint but he'll provide mm-hmm. the creativity oh, it'll be amazing for sure yeah um, i don't mean to put a dampener on this though but there is quite a waiting list for these spectacles <laughs> these pieces so you'll have to get in line i'm afraid okay. yeah of course once he's done you won't know what it is but he'll bring joy to the office while he's there and there's and like he's in his element and you know like that's contagious that energy when you have somebody who's in their element yeah. so uh yeah let me know when <laughs> awesome. <it> comes out <laughs> can't wait <laughs> yeah <laughs> molly's like can i just leave now <laughs> <laughs> dean finger painting is a real art there's nothing to be embarrassed about you know i separately your mom and i had a conversation and she said how ashamed you were and so i you know <laughs> you know i think you thought that i brought up today to sort of joke about it but we just wanted to let, let you get it out there and uh you know start feeling more comfortable with it <laughs> awesome i appreciate it <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I'm always looking out for you, man. <laughs> uh, well, Molly, uh, I'm, I'm, you, you may still not know what you got yourself into today. <laughs> I guess that's okay. Um, but for those of you guys listening and you want to connect with Molly and, and her message and everything, you know, that she's doing to really help people tap into their, uh, you know, their creativity and, and reset, um, definitely go to uh, foundershaven.com. Is that, is that right? Did I, did yep, I get that right? right. Yep. Foundershaven. Yeah. Foundershaven.com. And uh, in the meantime, uh, we'll wrap this show up and we'll talk with you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to get free from the day-to-day operations of your business while making more money, visit me at jamespfreel.com forward slash autopilot. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.